So, um, E3 happened. I mean, referring to E3 as special this year is probably a bit of an overstatement, but sure. <laughs> In my personal opinion, we should just say the Nintendo and Xbox. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Just a smattering of Square Enix. So before we get started, guys, we'll do some housekeeping. You know what I'm like with housekeeping. I love a bit of housekeeping before. Whoa. Yeah. So uh, from from moving forward, we will be doing a podcast every other week. About. Unless something really special comes along and we'll... Yeah, special mid-fortnight special thing. Um, we are going to start to do some blooper reels podcasts as well. So, you know, if... if hear us talk even more in ancient. Yes, you know, you'll, you'll, you know, you hear us babble on in the podcasts, wait until you hear the bloopers and the, the, the subject of, I think, we talked about the Sony one. Where I bab on for, I think it was a good fifteen minutes. I chunked out where I referred to Final Fantasy and all the uh, old PlayStation exclusives, and I say the same thing over and over and over again, trying to get my point across. Yeah, or us saying Phil Spencer repeatedly and then editing it out and then leaving the joke in at the end. Yes, I do apologise. There was <laughs> in the last episode there was a joke where. Um, Claw pointed out that I was saying Phil Spencer a hell of a lot and I didn't pick up on it. So obviously at the end of the podcast we said and keep it Phil Spencer. It's not until I published it that I realised I'm sure I cut the whole joke out and then it's just us at the end saying Phil Spencer. It's fine, it's just a precursor. Phil Spencer. Mm-hmm. Um, and just let you know, no, we are not <clears throat> sponsored or affiliated with Xbox or Microsoft or Phil Spencer. Phil Spencer? Yeah, we get it. Okay. Anyway, you will be hearing Phil Spencer a lot through probably <laughs> this. Actually, they won't hear a lot about Phil Spencer because he disappointed me and only showed up at the end of the, of the Xbox presentation. He shared the love. Yes, but you know me. I was excited <clears throat> to have him at my Phil Spencer moment. Anyway, um, also, so obviously it's two weeks for, for a new episode of the podcast. Yep. And I think that's all the housekeeping we had. Oh, and my, uh, I say mine, our 24-hour stream. For Macmillan Cancer Support went very well. We raised £155 on the Macmillan website. Um, and then we raised another £17, I believe I said. I have to double check um, on the within Twitch with subs and everything, which will be added to that total. Yep. So, you know, it was a great, great 24 hours, even though we did break it up into two, but it was great. It was fine. Um, and obviously everyone got to see what Claw's like with PPM and... I beat one of the bosses on easy. Yes, he did. Yeah. And obviously he whooped my ass at the race at Halo. He yeah, did. Yeah, that's him because I got stuck. Twice. <laughs> I mean, that was after I got hideously stuck and you got miles ahead. I will admit, it was funny because I was ahead of you at the beginning. And then you caught up and overtook. Then I overtook you again because you got stuck. And then we both got stuck on that, that like the scorpion... The two scorpion battles, and then it's, I think it's, you just got there in the end because obviously my my checkpoint decided to put me where I didn't want to be. But anyway, um, just sounds like excuses to me. Most probably. Anyway, guys. So <laughs> as Claw mentioned at the intro, E three happened. Sort of. Um, <laughs> was it the best E three they did? No. No. Uh, is this the future E three? I think it's going to be. I mean, I think they should just give up on the whole thing myself, but... See, I'm a big fan of E3. Um, I like the whole... I mean, there's n- the only build-up I ever see about E3 is when they announce that they're doing it, and then there's me for a whole month going, E3, E3, E3. Yeah, I don't know. It just feels like a bit of a relic of a a bygone age, as it were. True. I mean, you've got to hand it off to them. They obviously were, you know, nowhere in the in the... When they planned E3 all those years ago, they never thought, oh, hang on, 
there's going to be a pandemic in the world. We're going to have to do all this digitally. So, for what I think what they did was okay. Kind of. I think the thing is, it was E3 was getting ropey before the pandemic anyway. Because you've got Nintendo started doing their Nintendo Directs. Microsoft, you know, have their own other Microsoft show sort of later in the year. Um, obviously E3 was very kind of closed to the public in terms of actually people being able to play the demos or anything like that. It was mostly, you know, you had to pose as a journalist of some description. Um, so then sort of games like, think games like, um, shows like Gamescom, which was then very much a, oh, this is just a big kind of celebration for fans to come along and try games that are coming out sort of in the next six months. I think that, I think those kind of shows have probably still got a future, but I think the whole kind of, E3 press conference thing I think it's going to struggle just because everyone's just going to be like well we've got information to release about GameX now why not release it now rather than waiting three months um, I will say um, we are going to talk about um, obviously these are the core conferences we're going to talk about Ubisoft, Xbox Square Inc a bit of PC World and Nintendo <clears throat> then obviously anything else we remember from it Um, but I will say the presentation that I thought was the best it was a bit cheesy but I liked it was PC World hey guys sorry I referred to it as the PC World showcase what I meant to say was it was the PC Gamer showcase (laughs) to apologise oh with um, our our friend Day9 so the main guy who's in the cockpit that's right because I don't know his name (laughs) <laughs> that's why I'm looking at you going oh okay yeah. um, should I do a quick little bit of googling just to make sure that Mars isn't saying the wrong number no. you could be right I don't I, I can't remember their names I've no offence to them I you know I was more <laughs> I was more in for the E3 for the games yeah yeah, yeah that's fine um, his real name's Sean Plot for the reference but yeah everyone maybe, knows maybe that's why I wouldn't remember the name you said because obviously they used his real name oh, no they didn't no they said Sean brackets day nine plot because I spotted it. Okay. Um, their whole gimmick was, like, the one presenter was in a mech, the other one was in the, like... Space station. Space station, and the other one was in the cockpit. And, you know, the one in the mech was on Earth or whatever, going to different places to find new games. Yeah. And oh, it was cheesy other, as all hell. The, the other two it. got teleported down. It, <clears throat> it was cheesy, but it was entertaining, especially at the end when um, the, the AI gets rebooted because it's saying, like... He's going to kill all humans and everything and then gets rebooted and they're like, how are you? And he's like, I'm going to kill you now. And then it's like, to be continued. And and I was like, I've got to watch this next year now. (laughs) It it was cheesy, but it was quite lighthearted. Before we get into the conference, conference, the actual conferences and some games we liked, what did you think about um, the presenters? I think overall everybody's got a lot more polished than they have been in the past I I think the first day it was like ooh, like you know when obviously they 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 know each other from obviously from their careers and obviously they you know they may have never met before but they've met the chemistry of the first day was it felt weird like even you commented about um, Greg and Golden Boy and you made a comment where they were talking about something and then Greg was being Greg and going ah and you're like, he's probably thinking, Golden Boy's probably thinking, oh my god, why did you have to put me with Greg? <laughs> um, I mean, Greg does just upstage everybody. <clears throat> but I, I, I believe, I thought as the days were going on, they seemed to gel a bit more. Yeah. Like they understood each other's bit humours a bit more and kind of thing. Yeah, sorry, I misunderstood the question and thought you were meaning like the presenters of the conferences rather than. Oh no, I just meant the in between, in between presenters. Sorry, I meant like the. <clears throat> If you will class them as the E3 presenters. Okay, so yeah, the E3 presenters were good. I mean, it is Greg, so, you know, what, what's not to love? Even though it took us, eight, well, it took me ages to, you know, his name comes with Greg, uh, Greg Miller, and I'm like, I know that name, I know that name. I don't <laughs> recognise your face, and it's not until Claw's like, um, what was his, from his new project? And I'm like, no, I don't know it. Then you're like, IGN, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Greg. <laughs> um, no, I, I really enjoyed them, and I like the fact that they put. And I, I do apologise, I can't remember her name, but they put a female presenter with them as well, who was a proper fangirl 
Oh, she was great. Yeah. And then the little panel they had as well. Um, they had, like, um, someone from IGN, from G4, and two other places that I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. I, th- I think the only time it got a bit kind of cringy was that clearly, because they're there as four representing E3 itself, I think they were basically told to be positive about everything. Yeah. And there were some shows where you could tell they were really having to force themselves to be positive and excited about it because, quite frankly, the show was a, a pile of rubbish. Because I think there's one... There's one um, I mean, we should have done our research and got the names of these people. Yeah. So I do apologise. But there we was... We're not researchers. As there, there's one where... There's one where uh, they were. Um, he was talking about a game he was looking forward to being shown and everything. I can't remember what game it was, and it was shown. And then when they went back to them after the conference, um, I'm sure it was Greg let slip how disappointed he was in the preview of the game. And he's like, I'm still going to give it... Like, he was like, yeah, I'm a bit bummed. But I wanted more, and then he was kind of light-hearted and a bit more, oh, I'm still going to play the game. And I'm like, yeah. Because I, I, th- I, cr- I think it was something I was w- waiting for. It wasn't a major game or anything. It was something I was waiting for, and... When they showed you what they sh- the preview, it was like, that it? Even though I was a bit bummed about yeah, one game. I think probably my my favourite moment of the E3 presenters was when, I think it was Greg and the woman were stood talking and her hair was over her mic. <laughs> and clearly somebody had like said in the earpiece, oh, you know, you need to flick your hair, o- flick your hair over your shoulder. And you know, she, you know, you see her like quite obviously doing, but then Greg makes a joke and saying, oh, no, no, they were talking to me. <laughs> yeah, there, there was two more instances about that. Oh, well, there's another instance where there was a part where her, Greg, and Golden Boy were in on the desk and they were talking about how Golden Boy's got his own chair now because there's always one with the other four like uh, presenters from all the different places yep. and then there's always two on the desk. Um, And they were talking about something and then she made a story about, like, in their earpiece, they're going to Golden Boy, lift your chair up, lift your chair up. We can't see your face. You're too small. You're too small. And then she made out that her and Greg were like, they were trying to be polite about it. So they started like lowering their chairs to match the height. <laughs> and I think the other one was, um, yeah, I think it was Golden Boy and Jackie. They were like, all oh, right, we're going to go over to such and such now. And it was, a, it was um, I want to say Nintendo, but it may not have been. And obviously the clock already counted down to zero, saying it's starting. And the camera zoomed off from him. And nothing was happening. And then just as it fades to Nintendo, I think it was, you see Jackie like lift her arms up as if to say, what the hell's going on? And then it just cuts. And I was like, you know, I don't know if they did that on purpose or what, but, you know, I think them just saying like little bits and make and sort of taking the pee out of each other. Yeah, it was at quite the same nice time, I think, they, I think it's kind of a good demonstration of the maturity of the gaming press now. Oh yeah, because you know when when I used to watch these guys, I mean, admittedly, Greg was one of the first, I think, kind of like YouTube type people who really kind of upped the game rather than just somebody talking awkwardly into a camera. Yeah, um, you know, it's kind of shown that you know we've come a long way since like the late nineties when like all of these things sort of started on IGN to to what we have to do because I, I also found it weird how we were talking about like obviously when I clicked who Greg was we went down like memory lane of IGN and started talking about like Greg Naomi um, there were some others you mentioned because I'm really bad with names and I can only remember Greg and Naomi because obviously Greg did Up at Noon with IGN and yeah. Naomi did the Daily Fix was it then? Yeah and of course that's all where sort of Jeff Keeley comes from that era as well yeah. uh, although he was pretty sure he was game trailers rather than IGN and then I was saying um, then obviously I looked where Naomi was and why she left IGN and all that and then funny enough come to um, Back for Blood there's Naomi <laughs> it's like oh <laughs> Naomi it was weird but we were obviously going, going off a little from E3 we were just going down memory lane of like IGN and like I don't really watch IGN anymore I think the only thing I do is watch the Daily Fix every now and then with Sydney if she's still doing it but every time I have caught it on Snapchat, there's always different people doing it. Then it's Sydney again. I'd say. Yeah, I do. I do know. really miss up at noon. Up at noon was a was a particular kind of high point. I think it's one, it's one of these things. Like I, I started on IGN, then Rooster Teeth, then I've lost interest in both. But then when you look into 
like what direction they've gone in. I mean, I'm not saying they've gone in the same direction. Like Rooster Teeth, um, from what I remember reading, was they they got bought out by Warner Brothers. Now Warner Brothers are trying to sell them, and there's a lot of stuff that has gone on with Rooster Teeth, which we haven't got time to discuss or cover because it's a lot. So we'll talk about the first conference that we've got listed and Ubisoft. Ah, yes. You can tell I can remember the order they came in, can't you? Ubisoft, Ubisoft, Ubisoft. So, I'll start off to see if it refreshes your memory. Oh, no, that wasn't what I was going about. You know, it's Ubisoft. Um, But I would say it was probably, presentation-wise, their best show that I've seen from them. It wasn't as cringy as some of the the, like the live shows they've done in the past. I was going to say they they did the same format as they've done throughout the, um, I think it was the beginning of the year. You know when they had their like Ubisoft Direct or whatever they or UPlay Direct, whatever they want to call it, where they came on, had two presenters go hi, and this year we've got these games, and then they showed you. Basically, it was the same format as Ubis- uh, Ubisoft. Yeah, or, um, I think they even called it. I can't remember what they called them. They uh, called the, it their whatever it is yeah um and but obviously they mentioned they're at e3 um but i i agree with you the presentation the pre, uh, the presenters of it felt a bit more comfortable it didn't seem like they were just reading off a script uh even though you could tell they were reading from a script um the only thing i found weird was i don't know if they were both in the same room or they were like cgi together like because they never seemed to look at each other and if they did it was more like a a quick twist, not a proper. Yeah. Oh, there is someone by me. I think they generally, most of them, did their best to sort of keep people apart. But no, um, presentation-wise, it was good, and it was. It, um, they never know how some of these conferences they, like linger on one game. Like I, I think in what when Doom Eternal, I think it was, was coming out, and Xbox did it did the whole reveal at E three. It was doom, 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 doom. Where, like, most of their conference was all about doom. Because they did this whole, now here's such a doom. Show your gameplay, then you have someone else talking about the gameplay, then you have someone else coming out about why they've done it and all this. As, like, with Ubisoft, I always find they cling on to one game and do that. But this this year, it was like, here's a game, talk about it. Here's the next game, talk about it. Rather than sort of go... Here's game footage of such and such. Then there's a whole match of spiel about it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think that's kind of something that's been adopted by a few people um, over the last like couple of years, and I think people have responded well to it, and they've realised that the, the random spiel of you know Mark Cerny talking for half an hour about how he made the PlayStation... Um, really isn't of interest to 99% of people. It's like, don't get me wrong, it is interesting to know why Why did they make a sequel? What's different from the first one? And then show, like, when I say show gameplay again, it's like showing, like, live, well, as far as we know, somebody on stage with a controller playing a live yeah. version. That's fine. But when you keep, like, you show a trailer, then you get someone to talk about doing uh, the game itself. Then you get, then they show you gameplay, then you get someone else in, and then it goes into depth about, oh, what it is, the years, da-da-da, and da, you can do that. It's like, I, I don't really want to know this now. I kind of want to know the next yeah. game. But... And a lot of that stuff <clears throat> they've now kind of done post-show. A lot of them have then released yeah. additional videos for behind-the-scenes stuff. So the first game I've got for Ubisoft is Rainbow Six Extraction. This one was the first time I'd heard of that. I don't know if it had been announced at all before Yes, this. so near the beginning where you're on the floor and then you like look at your arm and you see like a little infection bar go up and you start to see your veins going and then yeah. the other two operates run in. They showed that about, I want to say two years ago. So oh, we wow. had the last E3, so we missed... Have we missed the last two? No, we only missed last year, they said. Yeah, we yeah. only missed... They did, obviously didn't do last year... Uh, so in 2019, that like a little clip was shown, and then nothing really else has been mentioned. Yeah. So if I saw that, I'd forgotten about it. So when I saw the trailer again for it, and it starts off that way, I was like, I kind of rolled my eyes, thinking oh, this is all we're going to see. But then obviously the trailer kept going, and then they obviously explained what the game was about. And to me, I was like, actually, I'm interested in this. Oh yeah, no, that looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. It's actually, it's I think what they've done is actually very clever in that 
to give it a little bit of background. So it's essentially in the Rainbow Six universe, yep. but you're fighting against some weird aliens slash infection type monsters. So, so basically it's Rainbow Six version of zombies, basically, from yeah. COD. But I think what, what they've done, sort of, the clever thing they've done with that is rather than doing a new game that's, you know, a bit like Left 4 Dead or any of the other, like, zombie-type games, you know, they've taken the Rainbow Six Siege engine and everything they know yeah. from that. So they've already got, you know, the guns and the handling and the movement and all that for the main characters, and which has meant they've been able to really focus on the level design and the monsters and all that kind of aspect of it. Because the one thing I was worried about was it's going, to, it's going to be like random new characters, but they have kept the actual... From what we've seen, we've seen two characters that are actually the main characters from Rainbow Six um, Siege in it. So it'd be interesting to see if they brought all the characters across. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 in, it's in some respects a bit kind of cheaping it out, but at the same time, you know, they've spent a lot of time in Rainbow Six Siege. Oh god, yeah. So you know, it's shit. You reusing all of those assets, which, quite frankly, you know, pretty damn good anyway, mm-hmm. and focusing on the other elements of the game. I think is probably going to be the right call for this one. And I think the fact that they went into a bit more detail as well um, about gameplay, about what different type of alien infection, and I like the idea of um, you can be captured. So um, I know they showed a gameplay where one of the main characters from Rainbow Siege was captured and your team of three had to go in and rescue them. And then later on with a bit more gameplay, like one of us could be captured and put in a cocoon and we have to go and before we could get out, we have to go and rescue them if we can. And yeah, it's, it, quite, it's interesting because it that is still borrowing elements, I think, from Left for Dead. But at the same time, there's something about it that then didn't feel like a Left 4 Dead type game. Yeah. It was it was it was frantic but looked a lot more strategic than some of you know, Left 4 Dead and like the Left 4 Dead clones where it is literally just run for your life shooting zombies. This felt a bit more like it had that kind of Rainbow Six Siege DNA in it. From what I remember you can use their um you know the little robot you can use at the beginning of Siege if you're the ones attacking where you go in and you yeah. have to find I'm sure that you've you can use them and identify what creatures are about and I'm sure there's like one of you holds a scanner you can unlock a scanner and it tells you like what they're vulnerable to and things like that. So like you said, it's not just a go in and blast the shit out of everything. It is right, okay. Let's work out a plan here. Like you know, one goes up top, one goes in the middle. You know, one goes underneath or whatever, and you know, you go for it. But no, um, I will admit that that really did get me sort of pumped to begin with. You know, <laughs> um, the second one is Riders Republic. The oh one... yes, yes. You look a bit blank there. It's, it's... So first of all, again, we'll do. We should do, we could do this for everyone. Do a little recap. What the game is? Well, not recap. What the game is? Not everyone would have seen the show necessarily. Yeah. Uh, so, Riders Republic is basically a big um, extreme sports game. Sort of the idea of like it's an extreme sports festival where you got like BMX, snowboarding, wingsuits. Was there sk- well, no? There was Ski- no skiing. No, stuff, it was, was all. There? It was all. Um, so you had snowboarding, BMX, and like you said, the. Windsuits. Windsuits. Um, I want to say... Not almost jet, not jet skis. Um, the dune buggy type things? Yeah. So yeah, so it, it looks like it's a lot of fun. It's like massively multiplayer somehow, which is going to be yeah. chaotic. So proper like Tour de France style, you know, people racing down a hill on bikes and stuff like that, which could be interesting. I I When they showed it, I got excited because we saw obviously a trailer within the year of it. And we said it looked good, and then they kind of showed you the same kind of trailer, but then they broke it down into each. So they showed you well, like what you would be doing on a BMX, what you would be doing on a um, on swing suit, and all this. And then I don't think it's until the end that we all, like you, me, and Demi, dropped our um, jaws dropped when they're on this. Um, I think it shows you like loads of people going down a snowy mountain on different things, and then they showed you a clip of people in wingsuits, and then all of a sudden 
somebody was like dropping or something and Nelson they used a jetpack and off they went like to boost themselves and we were like jetpacks <laughs> you know I, I mean jetpack might be the wrong word but it was like a little boost so yeah. they could get up speed and I was like oh okay yeah the game looks amazing it's one that I'm definitely excited about the reason why I kind of paused a bit is quite frankly the name it is, is a bit forgettable <laughs> I think it's because they advertised it twice now um, they start off with the whole snowy mountain and obviously there's going to be different um, weathers and all that because obviously BMXing you know they showed you like you're on top of like a desert like rockery doing that I think so the advertising like a snowboarding game when you hear um, uh, Riders Republic you are like uh? you know every time yeah. I hear it I, I think of BMXing because that's what it sounds like but no, it, it did look really good for what they showed. So the next one, which a lot of people got excited about, I personally didn't, but I'm looking forward to it, if that makes sense, is Avatar, uh, the Fortress of Pandora. I'm kind of excited for it. So it's based off of the Disney Avatar movie, because, as we know, there are several IPs out there called Avatar. So we're talking about tall, blue, aliens-type Avatar, not airbenders, um, <laughs> for starters. Um, yeah, so the, the trailer, as it opens out in just, like, in the middle of the woods before you really know... Forest, sorry. Before you really know what it all is, you know, I will say the, the graphics engine they're using for it is pretty damn good. Yeah, the... They didn't really show you much as in story or gameplay. They just showed you, like, f- um, in-game footage. Where, they obviously, they showed, like, two avatars. The 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 forest and different parts of Pandora. Then they showed you, obviously, the human side where they were getting into the mechs and everything. Yeah, and clearly you're going to be riding pterodactyls quite a bit, by lots of things. <clears throat> I will admit, that's the end part I got excited about where... D- wasn't the one avatar running and came to a cliff and just jumped yeah. and we all like Demi called it goes oh the bird's gonna come and the bird caught him and they started just like attacking yeah I think for what what they showed us in terms of visually it looked like they've nailed it mm-hmm. obviously they didn't really show any gameplay and I think generally it's, it's going to be one of those things of and I think this applies to the avatar franchise as a whole you know, we know Disney are ploughing huge amounts of money into this, and are going to be like right on Ubisoft's shoulder for the game as well. So either it's going to all come out, and the film that comes out is going to be amazing, the game's going to be amazing, and everyone's going to be talking about Avatar like non-stop for the next decade, or it's going to be atrocious. <laughs> from from what they did show, it does look a lot better than the Avatar the movie game they did. Or was it called Avatar the game? Based the one based off the movie. Um, I mean, I never played it, but I remember seeing bits of it and it looked terrible. It looked like a rush job. I don't know who made it, but it did look a bit of a rush job. Well, from the era that would have come out, I think most yeah. uh, film licensed games were rushed because they they were always very much tied to the schedule when the films were coming out. Whereas at least, I guess in this instance, while it probably is still timed to come out around about the same time as the film, A, they're not so tied to that because you've got like three or four films in the works. So if it comes out halfway between the first one and the second one, I don't think that's going to be an issue for them. Plus it's been... You know, years and years in the making. Anyway, I'm sure Ubisoft have been working on this almost as long as Disney have been working on the second film. You know, Disney have built an Avatar section in their parks. That's how confident they are yeah. that they're going to turn this into a long-running franchise. So, you know, I'm I'm quietly confident that it's going to have had the money and the time and the attention that it needs. Whether that actually amounts to anything or not, to be seen. Um, and the last one that I took away from Ubisoft was Mario and Rabbins. Rabbits. Rabbits, sorry. I couldn't remember if it was Rabbids or Rabbins. Um, me, it looks fun. Would I play it? No, it's not my cup of tea. But I remember when they brought out the first one, um, it looked fun. Um, 
and I know they've improved it. But also, they mentioned what they've got different. But... Yeah, it, it's a weird one because it's like obviously it's that kind of Mario and both Mario and Rabbids are that very kind of you know, for want of a better word, kiddie kind of cartoony look to them. But, but then the actual gameplay of the first one was actually quite quite deep and involved. You know, it wasn't XCOM by any stretch, but it was almost more fun for most people because it wasn't XCOM. I think that's why I'm like I don't want to play it, but I'm interested in it because, like, the fact that you got some of the rabbit rabbits dressed up as Mario characters and the fact like the I, obviously I don't know all the Mario names but know the the rabbit who's dressed up in as one of the princesses in the chair and they're like oh we're going and they just like go <sighs> that's Rosalina yeah I thought that, I actually laughed at that and I thought that was quite funny um, but I obviously now I know apparently Rosalina's actually like that apparently no no so, but the point is that Rosalina is the goddess of the stars alright I'm going to get, like, spanked by, you know, Mario fans for not getting that perfectly right. But So she's from the Mario Galaxy games. Right. Um, and she, she's, like, a big, like, storyteller. And a lot of the Galaxy stuff is around... Or kind of themed-ish around the whole, like, you know, dreamscape type stuff. So I think then the Rabbids version of her is then sleeping all the time because of the whole dream so that makes sense association. it was just the way she rolled her eyes and it's like oh you know <laughs> and then you had the one as um i'm presuming she's peaches or is it daisy um so the one who's always looking at her mobile phone and yes. is like the paris hilton essentially yes is princess is meant to be princess peach yeah i i kind of like that um and i you know i i think like I said, I'm not interested in playing the game, but just those cutscenes, I do find them... Not, I mean, I'm not saying I'm crying with laughter, but it is like a little... <laughs> you know. Yeah, it, it's it's a lot of silliness, and then, and actually, you know, if they keep up the the original game, you know, and, and actually good game underneath it. You know, it's the first one is a game that you could have given it a, you know, a gritty sci-fi look and kept the actual gameplay itself pretty much the same and it had been a you know a very passable XCOM clone um so overall what is your rating for the Ubisoft conference Ubisoft I mean I think as good as I can expect from Ubisoft to be honest yeah I mean they actually had a surprise in the Avatar game they've obviously got um Riders Republic is another new IP that's coming out and I think new IPs are always you know, good to see and sort of one of the things I'm most watching E3 for, if I'm honest. Um, and yeah, it's good to see that Rabbids, you know, did... Let's not say Rabbids, sorry. Mario X Rabbids managed to, you know, do well enough to actually warrant them doing a sequel to that. I think it's quite nice. My overall opinion is that I'm glad to see new stuff from them, even if it's a sequel to something. Um, so what I'm saying is I'm glad there was no Assassin's Creed yes they've actually kept true to their Assassin's Creed break I think it is quite nice that they've realised that rather than doing another Assassin's Creed they are going to do yet more DLC for Valhalla so I think that's quite good kind of extending people's you know what they get out of that game even though you know you do have to pay a little bit extra for some of the story content Um, and you know Far Cry 6 you know, there's no denying it's looking good, but again, I think we think everyone's seen a lot of that before E3, so yeah, that's not, not worth going into. And I'm sure <clears throat> I could be wrong, but I'm sure Ubisoft obviously showed more of the um, DLC for Watch Dogs Legion with Aiden Pierce and Wrench, yeah, which obviously got me very excited. But overall, Ubisoft, I think, hand it to them, they did a pretty good job. Respect. So, moving on to a very long list, um, <laughs> Xbox. So, just saying, there were 30 games that were announced. Only 27 of these games will be on Game Pass. So the th- Only? Only. Uh, so, the only three that aren't would be uh, Far Cry f- Six. 6, Diablo 2 Remastered, and Battlefield. Battlefield. Thank you. 2047. Yes, which looks which we'll talk about that at the end because I forgot to write that down in any of these. 
Um, I think Rambold has yes. got anything to do with that. Or was it 2046? Anyway. Okay. So we will be mentioning most of the games, but we won't be talking about all the games. No. So you may find that we both talk about a game, or one of us will, and we'll fly through the rest. So as we do with Ubisoft, Ubisoft what did you think overall of the Xbox presentation? Um, I think it was pretty much their their format now as it has been for the last couple of years of a little bit of talking and then just show a barrage of game trailers and leave it at that, just let the game speak for themselves. I enjoyed it. Um, obviously, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I wish I had a bit more Phil Spencer, but it's fine. Yeah. He did come along and gave us like a nice little token at the end like he always does. Well, yeah. And, but, and obviously the, the important thing to note is that it's the they actually branded it as the Xbox and Bethesda game yes, show. Yes, do apologise. And Bethesda. Which are now owned by Xbox, but they're still trying to, you know, they're still keeping that brand to make it clear that Bethesda is still a... And I do like, the first game we'll talk about is a Bethesda game, a new Bethesda game. And I like how they had to mention it is exclusive to Xbox only. Yeah. So if if nobody knows, obviously, like Claude just said, basically Microsoft have bought Bethesda. Um, they have stated that anything contract-wise before the takeover, so if that's games for multiple consoles, that will still happen. But going forward, it most likely will be Xbox, Xbox only. only. Yeah. And PC. Well, yeah. Well, that's the thing is is they are now using the term Xbox more as a brand than a console. So whenever they say Xbox exclusive, what they actually mean is anywhere that you can get Game Pass. So that's PC, Xbox console, Android devices with XCloud access. So overall, I liked it. Um, I don't know her name. Um, we have a lot for, to thank for her and Phil Spencer for keeping the Xbox alive, as we found. There's a YouTube video about how the Xbox nearly died. But obviously Phil and this lady um, basically pushed forward and they got it to where it is. Um, she did the Halo presentation to begin yes. with. Um, obviously you made a joke about like you wouldn't want to piss her off. But then after you said that, the way she was looking at the camera, it was like, do I have to be here? She was a scary lady. It was just her attitude. <laughs> Maybe it's because... Because I was like, I've never seen her before. Then we obviously watched this that docu- uh, the little documentary thing on YouTube about how Xbox One nearly killed Xbox yeah. off. And it showed you a picture of her and she had brunette hair. And I'm like, I remember her. And I thought, I, she's normally nice. So unless it's the blonde hair that gives her that kind of... I mean, to I'm be fair, she is currently heading up 343. And you know they've had a slightly... Um, unpleasant year shall we say I, I mean no offence I did put down to the fact that she was standing there like she was kind of moving a bit and she was wearing really high high heels and I thought maybe she wore the wrong shoes <laughs> maybe she had to wear them to give high I don't know but um, no she did I'm not saying she was in that mood of do I really have to be here kind of mood like but her face wasn't like relaxed as in I'm, I'm glad to be here to talk about Halo it was very like I mean, she was a, a slight kind of hark back to the older older days of, you know, people who were clearly executives rather than games designers. Yeah. So, uh, first game we're going to talk about is Bethesda's new game, Starfield. Finally. Sort of. Sort of. They, <laughs> they gave you a trailer, um, a, game, a gameplay trailer. Wasn't a lot. Gave you some information. Um, you're on a planet, you get your ship, you launch off, and that was about it. Yeah, I mean, you could see that, I mean, it was their new graphics engine, but you could see it still had to that Skyrim, um, Fallout, kind of slightly more, I'm not sure realistic's quite the right word, but they, they have a very Unique, harsh yeah. kind of look to their graphics. Um they have said that it's Skyrim in space. Yeah, um, and I think that's what everyone wanted, right? Yeah, um, <laughs> that's that's basically all they that's basically all they said really about it. Um, they talked about it, obviously it's the new engine. They've been working on this for X amount of years. They never had the 
proper software to make it and so forth and so forth and they showed you a bit of gameplay trailer yeah. but I will admit I am looking forward to it yeah no, it looks really cool and interestingly they did actually give a release date of 11-11-22 yes which they actually revealed kind of cool because they just kind of did it as a load of numbers on the console yes. and it's like wait a minute that's a date wait is that the release date as soon as that came up you were like that's the release date yeah you were straight there I was like, <laughs> and I was looking at it going calm down it's going to be probably something about the game and then at the end when they said it came up didn't it 11 11 yeah. it's like okay it was right which kind of suggests that the game is probably more or less finished already um for them to give such like a solid release date more than a year in advance yeah. kind of gives me the impression that it's rather than it being a oh we're pretty confident we can do it by then it sounds more like a we're pretty much done but in terms of the released calendar and all the rest of it, you know, releasing it any time before that just didn't make much sense. Um, second one, uh, Stalker 2. It looks okay. Gra- I mean, graphic. I mean, the Stalker, ge- the, the original Stalker game looked amazing, and this again looks amazing. Unfortunately, the Stalker games are a bit dry for my taste if you've never played a stalker game but you played metro it is very metro-y like but obviously stalker came way before metro um but um you know i've got the first one on uh, pc uh, i think i played a bit of it i enjoyed what i played i didn't get really far into the game but i enjoyed what i played um and when they said number two was coming out i thought oh i'm going back to number one but i've never I've, you know, I haven't yet, and I don't. I don't yeah. think I will. And I, no offense, Stalk Two. I don't think it's a game that I would. No, but again, pick up. It's game another Pass. Game Pass game, so download it, give it a go. Yeah. If you don't like it, you don't like it. Nothing lost. Uh, next one, Back for Blood. Uh, can't wait, can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. Mm. And again, Game Pass, so it's not going to cost me anything extra. Um. Yeah. I mean, I love the original Left 4 Dead, so... I've played Left 4 Dead 4. There's only been two of them. Remember, it's a Valve-published game. There can never be more than two of them. (laughs) Left 4 Dead 2, then? Probably, I can't remember. Um, I'm probably getting confused for Back 4 Blood. Anyway, I've um, I've played it. I enjoyed it. The first time I played it, it's not a game I would keep going back to. Um, so Back for Blood, yeah, I'll give it a go. I don't think it's a game, if you and Demi asked me to constantly play it, that I would constantly play it. Or if I did, I'd be bored shitless and be like, oh, I don't care. Um, and the fact that they were talking about, the thing that put me off as well, they were talking about cards, you can pick these cards and you have to find out what cards you want to use before you play. And I'm presuming they're like boosters and all that, but it's like, oh, I don't, I just want to play a game where you pick your weapons you upgrade your weapons and off you go. Not any of this, oh, well, you need this card to boost. And But that's the impression I got when they were talking about the, um, these cards. Well, I'm hoping it's going to be similar to Plants vs. Zombies. Because I, I did like the way they did it in Plants vs. Zombies. Well, we'll see, like you said, Game Pass, download it. Yep. Okay. So the next one is Contraband. Obviously, we all got excited because we thought it was a state of decay <laughs> too. Um, but it was very it gave you that feel um, yeah graphically it looked like it was using a very similar art style yeah um, and the fact that it was like open world and it was very, it was like in a base that you would have built like where you got the beds upstairs the garage downstairs and then I said to you wasn't it what's with this chest because they focused on a, a drawing of a chest at the beginning and at the end you see the chest and then inside it just said contraband yeah so I think it's gonna it, it looks like it's gonna be a lot like State of Decay but it's going to have a different focus to it because obviously State of Decay is going out, gathering stuff, and building up your base. Yeah. Whereas, assumedly, Contraband's going to be that kind, maybe like a halfway house between State of Decay and GTA Online, possibly. Probably. What um, smuggling coffee over the border? Yeah, you can guarantee it's going to be something stupid. <laughs> um, next one was Sea of Thieves: The Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, oh, I hate to say it, but I'm kind of excited for Sea of Thieves. I, I don't want to say DLC or expansion. I don't know if it's its own game or... Um, no, it it is technically DLC. I think they called it like... Because they're, they're doing seasons now in, yeah. in Sea of Thieves. And it is the next 
season, but it's getting a lot more actual kind of playthrough story kind of focus to it. I remember Sea of Thieves first coming out. I loved it. And then it does get really repetitive and boring after a while. And then if you leave it for a couple of months to come back to it, you kind of enjoy it for like a week. And then you're like, oh, bored again. Yeah, which I think is why I'm excited for this. It looks like it's going to give you a bit more of a focus. It was funny because when because obviously when the um, like voodoo lady started talking, you automatically said, oh, that sounds like her from Car- Pirates of the Caribbean. And I was like, oh, I was going to say the same thing. And then Yeah, which I think we just assumed was them kind of doing a parody of yeah. Pirates of the Caribbean. And then it's not until they said, oh, you need to go and get him. And they were like walking down to the, the bottom of the ship. And you saw ghosts, and I just went, "Why should it be Jack?" And I was just being a dick with a comment. And then all of a sudden, you saw Jack Sparrow trying to get um, the keys off a dog. Yeah. And then he spoke, and you're like, "What?" And then you find <laughs> out there's more characters. You got Davy Jones in it. You've got the uh, Jack's um, right hand man. I don't know his name. Uh, you yeah, know. And you've so got, you've obviously got the ship. And... Yeah, and it's like, oh, okay, you know. Um, I would give it a go. I don't think it'll hold my attention. It'll be like a play it for a weekend type game, won't it? And I will admit, I did like I did write Battlefield down on this list. Sorry, it was under Sea <laughs> of Thieves. Um, we'll talk about Battlefield while we talk about it. And yeah, wow, uh, yeah. And I called it as well. So they did a a reveal trailer for, and I got the year wrong. It's actually twenty forty two. Um, so they did a reveal for Battlefield 2042, revealing the name and stuff, what, a week or so before yeah. E3? And they went, oh yeah, you'll see more gameplay, and they gave like the date, it was like the 12th of June. June. Um, and it's like, well, that's when the Xbox thing is, so clearly they're showing it at the Xbox event, aren't they? Um, and lo and behold, it popped up at the Xbox event. But yeah, I mean, it looks like it's got something for everybody. They've already hinted at the fact that there's going to be some other game modes they've not released yet. They're going to be something for the fans. So I think everybody's hoping there's going to be like a a bad company style game mode to it to have you like you know the small team combat. But the main game on PC and next gen they're saying is going to be 128 players per per match, um, which is insane. I remember watching the uh, reveal trailer. And I was like, oh, Battlefield, you know, and usual, you know, you're in a plane, you're in a car. And I was like, okay, I was excited because it's gone back to, like, modern, as I say in air quotes, day, which I, because I loved Battlefield 4, 5, 4, 5, 4, 4, I think, 4, I get confused, there's that many. And then you have the, like, World War 1s and everything, it just throws you off. Um, no, I like that one where you could jump off and blow the buildings up and everything. And I, I saw it, I thought, okay, this has got my interest more than the World War ones they were doing. Um, it wasn't until they brought the tornado in <laughs> that I was like, what? Um, because the trailer starts where you're like, uh, you're all like on a base on top of a cliff and you get attacked, isn't it? And then, like, you you fall out of... You fall, and people are getting blown up and everything, and then you get... Yeah, that's when they first show you the wingsuit. And I was like, oh, my God, please don't tell me they've done a battle royale. Because I thought this is their version of you dropping in. And I thought, please do not do this. And then it kind of swooped off, and then it went into the actual, like, modern day, and you see things. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Da-da-da. And then, like I said, it's not until they're, like, in a city, and there's a... F- tornado coming right at them and it's like ripping the planes to it it's ripping the um buildings apart it's like sucking everyone up and i was just like my mouth dropped i was like i'm playing this game i was why they've even said that you can actually use the tornadoes to your advantage so you can use like the wingsuit or i'm guessing other methods to essentially ride the tornado i was gonna say they did that (laughs) i think there's somebody in an airplane uh, like a jet getting pulled in and then they ejected and they got their wingsuit out and i think they I think they went close to it, then, like, kind of got out of it, but, like, used it as a catapult to swing them. Yeah. Um, but no, Battlefield does look brilliant. Can't wait. Next one is Party Animals. Oh, this was a nice little surprise. Which I'm actually looking forward to. I, we were watching it, and I'm like, what the hell is this shit? <laughs> but, but the more you watched, because you had, like, what, what was it? You had, like, three bears singing, and then you, and then I was like, oh, okay. And then you see a bit of gameplay, and it's just like, 
it was like Fallout boy, uh, Fallout guys where they were like holding each other and sort of like pushing each other and I'm like what the hell is going on and then it goes back to the one singing and then you've got like a crocodile electrocuting them yeah. and I kind of laughed at that and I thought it was funny and then as it went on it got more entertaining yeah some weird animal brawl I guess basically I, I called it and said it's Fallout guys but Xbox so yeah but it looks more like you're actually having to oh, yeah. pick people up rather yeah than... rather than like doing the courses and everything it's more like you're on a train and you have to be the last survivor so you've got to like push people off and I think there's one part isn't there like a, a chainsaw or something and like they do like a backflip and grab it and yeah it... I mean it looks like and I'm trying to remember the name of the, the games that use this I mean um, the game where you're the slice of toast is one example of it, but it does look like it's one of these games where you're using button presses to move your legs and move your arms. Yeah. So, I'm a little. If, if they do it in a tight way, then great. But I've played some other games like that where you just find yourself just flopping around all over the place yeah. and getting annoyed. It's funny because when you see their bodies like sort of flapping, I thought of toast. Yeah. I think that's what put me off to being with, but because the like humour to it got a bit better as it went on, I was like, yeah. I'm... So the next game is a bit of a sore subject for me. Okay. I saw this game be played on Twitch. bought it from Epic Games, because I had a free £10 gift voucher, so I only added an extra three quid to it. And then all of a sudden it's coming to Game Pass. In August. In August. Um, but apart from that, it is a good game. It's Hades. Hades, yeah. So, again, I think there's probably not much to say about that. It's a game that's already out there on the PC. Yeah. and Go watch some trailers, it looks good. Next one. Halo. Halo! Oh, I'm, I am so relieved. I need to go back and watch the trailers again, actually, because when we played Halo 3 during the stream, when I got to the end bit, I did watch like the last like final cutscene, because I know we skipped most of the cutscenes. And there's stuff in that cutscene which looked very reminiscent of some of the stuff they showed in the new trailer. So I don't know if that's a reference to that or if it's some kind of... I I don't know if it's just a reference to that, like mirroring those two mm-hmm. things. Obviously Halo 3 is the seen as the pinnacle of the Halo franchise. Um, or... If it's a flashback to that, or how that's going to play together, but that that was kind of a, a kind of a bit of a oh, that's kind of cool, because you know it was staging wise exactly the same, but obviously you know Halo Infinite way better graphics. Yeah, I mean the multiplayer looks like it's going to be you know Halo multiplayer, and who can grumble at Halo multiplayer? It looks like a lot of fun. Uh, I especially like that they seem to have added a little bit of physics to it because they show somebody using a sticky grenade to throw it just behind the energy sword that's off to the side so that when it explodes it flings the energy sword towards them for them to grab it's just like oh if you can pull that off in a match then great um and yeah and i think the 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 single player as well i think they showed a bit more because there's more of a staged trailer this time but they at least showed a bit more kind of story stuff rather than the open world side of it um, the only downside for me is that, as we were saying earlier, um, Starfield has a release date for, you know, a, a distant release date, but release date for November next year. Halo Infinite, they're still going um, sometime before the end of the year. Yeah, basically. Um, we're not going to commit to anything because we're too scared to. <laughs> yeah, that was a lot. Um, that was one thing that was getting tweeted around a lot about Halo was the fact they 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 said they could give Starfield a date, but not Halo. And Halo is just this holiday. Yeah, I mean, I have seen some other theories on that. That you know, it, it is a packed holiday season again. You do have Battlefield and some other bits and pieces. So it's are they still figuring out? which of the gaps they're going to be able to hit. <laughs> so we've got four games to go, so we'll quickly talk about them. Um, Diablo 2 Remaster. Looks good. Yeah, it's about what you yeah. expect. Uh, Plague Tale 2 Among Us is um, an update and everything coming to consoles or something. I can't remember. Uh, well, it's coming to Xbox, it's not That's on Xbox it. at the moment. And the last one, which I, I know you probably want to talk a lot about. 
Forza. I want to say, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> the graphics on that thing. I mean, some of them, you're like, oh, whatever. It's not until they show you that one with the waterfall in the background. Yeah. Uh, but they're like, oh, this was a picture taken by just the, the, the crew and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden you get like cars driving past and the camera follows it. And never once do you think you're not in that photo anymore. You're like, whoa, hang on. You know, as long as you get past that bit, it still looks like you're in a photo. It's like, yeah. whoa. Um, they've definitely hit photorealism of that game to a point. I think it's it's still, you know, it's, it certain angles with static images and stuff. They've nailed it. Once you saw it in motion, you can you can still tell it's a computer game, but the, the, it's not far off at all. The example I gave, I I couldn't tell once you were like behind the car and following the car. There's the stuff. You no, know, when they were showing you, like you're in the jung- like jungle, then in the town collecting the pink flamingos, was it? Um, they were like, oh, this is a real. No, it's pinatas. Pinatas. Sorry, they were like, oh, this is a real photo. Blah blah blah. Oh, like, and it did look realistic until the cars came into it, and then. Uh, for me, I'd kind of tell the palm trees and everything were a bit more CGI, like computer-based. Yeah, there's than... areas where you could see the leaves on things and stuff like that were not and, perfect, but it was damn good looking. And that bare graffiti picture on the building. Oh, that, that that's a really that nice touch. It's amazing. Obviously, it's all based in Mexico, um, but they've actually got a bunch of Mexican graffiti artists mm-hmm. to do them some custom pieces that they've then put yeah. in the game and it's, it's just like it's just a nice kind of nod to the area and but there's not, apart from that there's not much to say about falls it's it's a falls game racing it's a horizon game it's yeah. gonna be awesome go out play it so so overall xbox oh before we hang on before 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 we go any further obviously they ended the show with my lovely Phil Spencer. Mm-hmm. He did come on at the end and thanked everyone and, you know, the usual stuff he says. And then right at the end, he gave... Like, cause I always said, oh, he'll come on at the end. Because when he wasn't coming on, I was like, he'll come on at the end and he'll he'll be like, now here's another trailer or something. And he exactly, like he does every year, a new trailer appeared. Which actually I quite liked because he also gave up his t-shirt privileges to the guy who presented right at the start. Oh yes, that means the game. Tra- yes, so so you. the guy, so the first guy from Bethesda, when he was presenting, had a t-shirt on that like had something else over the top of it, so you could just about see like vampire teeth, yeah, like on this t-shirt, and it's just like that's from something, but I've got no idea what that's. It's like you could tell it was from something, but. There was no reference point to yeah. what it was from. And then Phil Spencer appears. Yeah. So, yes, um, it's the one where, um, obviously, you got really excited because it, it opens up... Well, it opens up weirdly, but then there's a there's a girl, like, using magic holding her book up. And yeah, she, like, so it, it, it definitely looks... Kind of, it's vampires. Looks, like, vaguely Buffy-esque in a way. Um, it's kind of got that... I don't know, it's got that banter between all the characters. It's kind of a little bit kind of left for dead like. But no, it, it does look good. Um, like, you've got her, uh, like, it looks like she's a witch or something. Then you've got the guy with the white eye who's a sniper who can turn into visible. Yeah. You've got, like, a robot pet thing that has a gun in it. Um, As you just chased it up, what was the game called? Redfall. So, yeah, so Redfall was the surprise end of show game. Which, and it's the guys who did Dishonored. Yes. So it's another Bethesda game. Yeah, it does look good. Yeah, and I think they're saying something about it, say, single player or co-op, and like the whole drop-in, drop-out co-op yeah. type thing. Um, and like you said, it's by people like Dishonored, so... Yeah, we'll but, see. But then, because it's by people like Dishonored, I want it like a Dishonored experience, if that makes sense. Yeah. Again, I think it's quite a way out, isn't it? So yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll learn more later in the year, no doubt. So overall... Um, Xbox brought it basically. Yeah. They they do everything. Um, the key takeaway from the show is that Game Pass is insane value. Um, I think the only thing I was really felt they lacked was they still don't have like an answer to like Uncharted or Horizon Zero Dawn or you know those kind of. Sony's B 
big AAA blockbuster single-player games that they do. There wasn't really anything that ticked that box still in the mm. Xbox roster. But at the same time, it's kind of feeling like that's the only thing that Sony's got going for them at the moment. Yeah. So guys, this is the end of part one. I know. How long did we talk for? Too long. <laughs> yeah, I know. But come on. We, we love our games. We want to talk about what we're passionate about. Oh, absolutely. So guys, stay tuned for part two. And remember guys, keep it geeky. Oh,